We have a great opportunity this morning to uh, participate in the Advent Conspiracy. We have a couple of people who attend our church, John and Katie Wilhelm, who are the principal leaders of a foster care agency called One Hope for Kids. And as we receive our offering this morning, uh, we want to encourage you, if you have not yet given, how much is our commitment? $1,500? $1,200? We're almost there, but whatever comes in designated for Advent Conspiracy or designated for One Hope for Kids will go to them. So um, uh, we, we say it here every Sunday, God doesn't need your money. Maybe he does. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. No. <laughs> um, God loves for you to give, though, because it's out of a heart of worship. Uh, an open heart is demonstrated by an open pocketbook. And so bless the ministries of our church. Bless the ministries for the kingdom of God and bless uh, One Hope for Kids. And Douglas and Caroline are going to be coming. Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to make giving part of our worship. Amen. So um, Lila felt that she had a word. And I hadn't told Lila what I was preaching on. But I could just sit down now and everybody could get a really early lunch. So thank you for being obedient to the Lord. Uh, and boy, was I blessed by Lynette's testimony. So have you ever been lost in darkness? I had a really funny thing happen to me this morning. It was very, very dark in our bathroom. Lucy and I plugged both of our phones in uh, side by side, and it was very dark, and I went to get my phone. Lucy was already up. She had already taken her phone, but she had left her line there. So my phone lit up, and I see this black snake wiggle right across my phone. Man, did it scare me. <laughs> I've never seen a snake in my bathroom before, but I've seen lizards, so, you know, you just never know. Well, if you've ever been to Carlsbad Caverns or there's some other caverns, they'll, they'll put you in a room and they'll warn you, you know, this is the way it's going to be. They turn off all the lights, and you can't, you know, you can't see your hand in front of your face. I, I would not want to sit in that kind of darkness for more than, like, three seconds. It's really something. Well, there were, there were a couple of guys, Bill Owen and his son Craig. This is some years back. They were hiking up the middle fork of the American River in the Sierra Nevada mountains in California. After fishing and lunch, they decided to explore, so they headed up a small canyon, and they saw the entrance to an abandoned mine, and they had flashlights. So they said, well, let's go in. So they walk in, and it's very interesting. It appears to be safe. They're finding artifacts, and they're just going further and further in, and they're not really paying attention to where they're going. And all at once, one of the flashlights went out. And the other one is very dim. Now, um, Bill and Craig, I'll say Bill and Craig's terrifying experience. If you're old enough, you'll know what that was about. You're not old enough to know. That's all right. You ever hear of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? <laughs> anyway, so they are... Um, they're in a very diff difficult situation, but they're, uh, they're believers, and they desperately begin to try to find their way out, but they're completely lost and exhausted and afraid, and at last Bill said, well, let's stop and pray. 
So they knelt right there. They turned off the very feeble second flashlight, and Bill prayed. They sat in total exhaustion, neither one moving, just kneeling in total darkness beside each other. You're going to have to wait to the near the end of the sermon to hear the rest of that story. Well, I've never been in the physical situation Bill and Craig found themselves in, but I have several times had a nightmare of being in darkness with monsters or lions or demons after me. Anybody here ever have a nightmare in which you cannot see? You're in total darkness? We're all of the really weird people here, I think. And then you, you know, you're horrified and finally you cry out to Jesus and you wake up or Jesus frees you. The fact is, Bill and Craig's adventure is a metaphor for all of us, not of being lost in a cave or lost in a, a mine, but our spiritual lostness and our nightmares may be God's way of showing us how desperate our situation is without Him. In the Bible, God says this is the plight of all people. There's a very um, interesting and kind of dark passage from Isaiah 59, 9 through 10. So justice is far from us, and righteousness does not reach us. We look for light, but all is darkness. For brightness, but we walk in deep darkness. Like the blind, get this picture. Like the blind, we grope along the wall. You see that? Feeling our way like men without eyes. At midday, we stumble as if it were twilight. Among the strong, we are like the dead. Well, if you keep up with what's happening in the world, and, and you probably are keeping up in, in our own country, and maybe even in your own life, you know that the passage in Isaiah 59 really reflects what's going on around us. The utter darkness of the human condition without God is nothing new, and it's certainly not new for God. But a long time ago, even before the creation of the world, God knowing what would happen, He determined not to leave us in this darkness. He purposed for Himself to be the light of the world, and He purposed, because it is it is said of Jesus in the Bible that He is the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. God purposed, even before the creation of Adam and Eve, that He would become one of us, that the Son of God would become one of us and rescue us from our darkness, that He would be our light. So believers know this. We've already believed this. But sometimes we persist in using our own little feeble flashlights and it's not just the world out there that's sometimes in darkness. Well, what we celebrate during this Advent season is that God enters our world. He comes as a baby. The child in the manger is a living human baby, a real baby. We have several little babies in the room this morning. And the baby Jesus was not that different from them. You know, he had to have his diapers changed and... Uh, unlike, you know, total, the totally terrible theology of a way in a manger, the little Lord Jesus, uh, no crying he makes. I don't believe that for a second because he wouldn't have been a real baby. But he's also really God. And if you can wrap that mind, you, if you can wrap your mind around that, then 
You've got an amazing ability to be creative in your thinking. This is this, the way that uh, John puts it in his gospel. It's the light of God becoming the light of the world. So John 1, 1 through 5, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Now, the Word, the Lagos, is Jesus Christ, the, the second person of the Trinity. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He's not sub-God. He's not like in second place. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God and three persons, absolutely equal in every way. He is literally God. He was, he was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. This is our Jesus. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it, or the darkness has not comprehended it. And then down in verse 9, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Excuse me. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So when we recognize that the baby in the manger in Bethlehem is God in the flesh, that it is God coming among us, bringing His light into the world. When we believe that, an amazing thing happens. He gives us the authority to become God's children. Thus, we come out of that cave we were in, that mine, into His glorious light. And then verse 14, the Word became flesh, and that's called the incarnation. It's the, it's, that's the big word for what that is. God becomes a human being. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So the appearance of Jesus is glorious, and it is the light of God coming into the world. All who have believed in Him, all of you who are here this morning who have believed in Him, you have seen His glory. And it's a dazzling light that leads us out of the darkness. Isn't that great how God has done this? Not the way I would have planned it, but it's the way God planned it. It's a great and wonderful mystery. And I want to share five things with you this morning that revolve around this great truth. And the first one is that the most amazing event in history, the most amazing event in the history of the whole universe is this event of the incarnation. God is born among us as a real human baby. Now, we've heard it, some of us have heard it all of our lives. Uh, you go into the malls and they're playing it over the loudspeakers about this, you know, hark the herald angels sing that... God has become one of us, and so we kind of become jaded to it. But, but let's just take a moment. On this particular point that I want to make, there's nothing for you to do except rejoice. It's not a, now, if you're a good Christian, you'll do this. It's just sit there for a minute and soak in this amazing, amazing thing. Just think. God, the eternal God who was not created, 
God who was not created, he always is. At some point in eternity past, he spoke the universe into existence. Even scientists today uh, believe in what they call the Big Bang, that there's nothing there, nothing, absolutely nothing. And a nanosecond later, there's an expanse of creation that's already uh, about 100,000 light years big, like faster than you can do your finger. Now, if that isn't a pretty good description of the way God did it, he just spoke and there it was. And it's been expanding ever since. This God, who is totally all-powerful, all-present, all-wise, all-knowing, he's spirit, he's not flesh, he dwells in unapproachable light, he chooses to become a human being, and he chooses to do so in the form of a little baby born to poverty-stricken parents, had to be laid in the manger. Let's give God a clap offering. That's a pretty good idea, isn't it? A pretty good plan. Yay, God. Charles Wesley said, Our God contracted to a span. That's a span. Incomprehensibly made man. Soak it in for a minute. That's what Christmas is about. So the second thing is, you are qualified and rescued. Colossians 1, 12 through 14. We give joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of His holy people in the kingdom of what? What does it say up there? Light. In the kingdom of light. light. In the kingdom of light. For He has rescued us from the dominion of and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Wow. So no wonder we give joyful thanks. By Jesus becoming one of us, and by Him going to the cross, by Him dying on the cross and rising from the dead, He has qualified everybody in this room. I don't like usually asking people to repeat things after me when I speak, but would you repeat after me, I am qualified. I am qualified. He qualified us. We didn't qualify ourselves to share in being a part of His holy people in the kingdom of His light, having rescued us from the power and dominion of darkness from which we could never, ever deliver ourselves. Wow. We saw a reference to that in John 1.12. To all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. He qualified us. Well, the next two points are for those who have already been rescued and you know it, but you just need a, a little revival, a little renewal in the fact that you've been rescued. So point three is proclaim his excellencies. If you have been, so now we're going to move to things we do need to do based on this fantastic revelation of the incarnation proclaim his excellencies first peter 9 through 10 uh, 2 9 through 10 you're a chosen race a royal priesthood a holy nation a people for his own possession for god's own possession why that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of into his marvelous 
Yes. So what is our first opportunity? Much more than a responsibility. It's this overflowing of joy in our lives. It's to proclaim to the world the excellencies of God. This is our job. To proclaim to the world the excellencies of God, the excellencies of the Father, the excellencies of Jesus, the excellencies of the Holy Spirit. That's what witness is. That's what uh, evangelism is. It's not, you know, this meek, uh, scared, scared and frightened approach to people. Oh, you know, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to go to hell it's rather, let me tell you the most fantastic thing you have ever heard. Did you know that God became one of us? Did you know that He has done that? Did you know that He, in His earthly life, He revealed the glory of His Father? Do you know that He set His face to die on the cross, that He might rescue us from death and bring us into the glorious kingdom of light? Proclaim His excellencies. Are you ready to do that? Then go caroling tonight on the... On the hay wagon, we're going to proclaim His excellencies in the dark neighborhood of Mankey Park. <laughs> and then the next thing is, number four, you are, now, you are now light in the Lord, so shine. And this is just an incredible passage of Scripture, Ephesians 5, 8 through 11. For you were, you, you were once darkness, not just in the darkness, but you had a dark heart. You had a dark heart. But now you are what? It's handy to have that up there, isn't it? But now you are light in the Lord. So Jesus is the light, and he's qualified us to share in his deliverance. He's brought us out of the kingdom of darkness into his marvelous light to proclaim his excellencies. And guess what? He now says to you, you're going to share you're going you're gonna to have a share in who I am. I am the light of the world, and I am declaring that you are light now. So it's our very existence in the world that proclaims the glory of Jesus when we live as we should. Because he goes on to say, live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. You know how you expose them? Just by your presence. Because you are reflecting the glory of Jesus Christ. We are now the representatives of Jesus to the world. So shine. Shine. You know, it's a, we can get all bogged down with what we should do, what we shouldn't do how we should live, how we shouldn't live, and all that. The key thing is to be so grateful and so appreciative and so worshipful of the facts of what has happened, that God has become one of us and has saved us, that that just flows out of you. And that everywhere you go, uh, people are somehow impressed with something that's going on in your life. They see the light, and they want to know. They want to know what's going on. The last point is for those who have not received him or who are straying from him back into darkness. And if that's you, you know who you are. And I have had times in my life that I have strayed back. It's dangerous. 
I have had times in my life that I strayed back and that I needed a word like this. And this word is, wake up, sleeper. Ephesians 5.14, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Another way of saying it is in 2 Corinthians 4.6, God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. So if you are here today and you have strayed, or you have never come and believed this. You've never come and said, yes, I believe God became one of us. Yes, I believe he lived among us and he showed us the Father. Yes, I believe he died for my sins. Yes, I believe he rose from the dead on the third day. Yes, I want to give my life to Jesus. If you've never done that, what a fantastic opportunity you have today. And if you've been straying just to get back just to get back to the light. The Word of God says that even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Right now, right now, for anyone who wants that veil to be removed, the Holy Spirit is here to rip that veil off and you will see the glory of the Father in the face of Jesus Christ. That's how He saves us. So we left Bill and Craig in the darkness of a mine, lost and exhausted, thinking they might die, just like the rest of us in the mine of our lives when we have no light. And we have this funny little thing, these little feeble flashlights that we try to we try to see our way through our lives with. You know, we try to find some peace. We try to find something to make us feel good. We try to find something that assures us that we're going to be okay. And it's flickering. And eventually, guess what? That flashlight's going to go completely out. So it's best just to throw it down. So here they are sitting in the darkness. Their flashlight, their little feeble flashlight is off. And Craig says, Dad, do you feel that? And what it was, they felt a little bit of a breeze, like on one side of their faces. And they knew that that had to be the direction of the opening. So they got up and moved in that direction, and they came to crossroad after crossroad. And they would sit down. They would sit down until they felt the breeze, and then they would go. And then they got to a certain point where they could begin to see light. They could begin to see light. And it doesn't say so in the material I have on it. But I'll bet you that they ran the last hundred yards. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. They saw the light. They came out of the darkness. But that little breeze, you know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit saying, come on, let's go this way. Just leave your little flashlight. Give up your way of trying to make your life what you want it to be. Just leave your little flashlight and, and, and listen, to, listen to me. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Feel Him wooing you. Feel, feel Him calling you. And so there are people here this morning that they're feeling that. They're feeling a tugging. <clears throat> Some may be people who have never, ever really put 
their faith in Jesus and never really had him come into their life. But others are those who have been substituting other things. You've been straying back into darkness. You've been, you've been um, ignoring that breeze. And the Lord, the Holy Spirit is saying to you, come on, I'll show you Jesus. I'll show you the light. And you can run the last hundred yards. You ready for that? I need that every day, actually. Every day, I, I have some point during the day in which I pick up my little flashlight, and it's like, nope, that's not the way. Lay it down. Throw it away. Throw it away. Let's move toward Jesus. Would you stand with me? So I wonder... Who among you today would say, yeah, I needed this. I've been straying a little bit. I've been relying on a feeble flashlight. There's one, two, who else? Three, a bunch of you. I can't count. Two at a time right there. Okay. Now, who, who here would say, I've not really seen the light, and I'm feeling something today. And I want to know if it's true, Marcos. Amen. Anybody else? You're feeling something tugging you? Anyone else? Let's pray the prayer. Could, could we put the prayer up on the screen, the prayer of commitment to the Lord? And Marcos, this is for you, but it's for all of us. And then if you would go to one of the prayer team members after we, we meet there. Would you pray this with me, please? And, you know, it's not a trick. Uh, it, I want you to know what it is. It's a commitment. It's a way of coming to the light. And I need to do this every day, and so do you. So pray with me. Lord Jesus Christ, I am sorry for the things I have done wrong in my life. Let's just take a moment. If there's anything you need forgiveness for, so all of you who raised your hands where you've been straying, you've been relying on your own flashlight, let the Holy Spirit minister to you. Okay, let's go on. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Praise the Lord. Would you like to come now? There have been a few moments this morning where we called some numbers as if we were in bingo or something. Who's got number this? Who's got number that? And what I mean by that is that we've called out places where people may be feeling like God's active in their lives. And 
It's possible that you've come this morning and your number wasn't called. And you've come here this morning with emotional, physical, or spiritual need. This morning, there's a prayer team available for you. And I would just ask that you would not leave today without receiving prayer. It's possible you just need somebody to talk to this morning. There's something going on. You just need to get it off your chest and welcome Jesus into it. This prayer team's there for you. They're not going to give you advice. They're just going to welcome Jesus into whatever's going on. There's some of you here that haven't necessarily owned that you've been walking through darkness, but you've certainly felt overwhelmed or helpless. Uh, It could be the news. Herschel spoke to that. And you just kind of feel like you have to just deal with it. But God actually wants to free you from the oppression of that. And there may be some of you that, in the midst of the world's schemes, whether it's, oh, gosh, the political mess we're in, the rise of racism, there's just so many things that just burden us. And God is calling you to be light. There are some of you that, that need to come and accept this call from Jesus to be light in the midst of the darkness, not just to be free from it, but to be called to be light, and you don't know what that means, would you come and see a prayer team this morning? For all of us, I want to say this blessing over you. Would you receive this blessing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that you would be free right now in the name of Jesus from darkness. We command any spirit of darkness to go to the feet of Jesus for him to deal with it as he would. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you'd come, that you would receive the Holy Spirit in light, that you would receive his light and that you would be light for a world in need of light and that you would set people free from darkness, not under your own power, not under your good words, but under the power in the name of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Would you go into this work in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit? Amen.